Welcome to the Transformation Cafe with your host, Robin Misevich. Transformation Cafe, a weekly half hour of light, topical conversation about health, wellness, happiness, personal growth, spirituality, and other insights. We're glad you're here. Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul. Now, let's get started and introduce our diners for tonight's show. Well, good evening, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Transformation Cafe. I'm your host, Robin Masevich, and we are going through the Cafe Book Club. We are going through the Book of Joy with Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and I bring on my lovely co-host, Miss Amy Frost. How are you this evening? Feeling a little shy, a little timid, perhaps a little feeling some humility. That's, wow, that's good, because that's what this chapter is all about, so good for you. Oh, my God, <laughs> what a Quinky dinky, what a quinky dinky. Yeah, this is a very interesting uh, pillar. Um, it's the actual chapter in the book is humility. I tried to look humble and modest. And that was actually something that Desmond Tutu had said. And boy, it's interesting coming, looking from them as two icons of spirituality and the way that they've uh, brought that into the world in their own unique ways. And then um, having, um, you know, our wonderful uh, reporter, Douglas, being able to just kind of dance around in the different uh, dynamics that they have on that. So overall, what did you think of this chapter? Or this pillar, I should say. This pillar? Yes. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've really been kind of sitting with how do you balance being um, humble or humility and standing in your authentic power, how do you balance being a leader and being humble? Um, I'm not saying you can't do that. It's just, it seems like it's a little bit of a dance. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one thing that's over and over again with the different examples of stories and stuff from, from both of them, uh, right off the bat, there was one that was really interesting about the Dalai Lama had been invited into uh, New Delhi to go to a spiritual, uh, ret- well, it's actually like workshop, well, it wasn't even, it was a gathering of a bunch of different spiritual teachers. And there was another uh, spiritual Indian spiritual teacher there that was um, very uh, put off by the fact that the Dalai Lama's chair was going to be at the same height as everyone else. And they immediately went out and got some bricks and put them underneath his chair so his chair could be taller. <laughs> You know, and Desmond's looking at him like, oh, what's going to happen if one of those bricks isn't solid and you fall over? And he says, well, there you go, showing me that I'm human. So I thought that they both laughed about that, just thinking that others would think that they have to create this staging, you know, of somebody being sitting higher than another and things like that. And boy, some of that is just um, such an old way of looking at things when it comes to just a sense. It just reminds me of of how um, vulnerability is, is, I've always heard it said that, you know, especially, especially since I've been reading so much on a spiritual level, that vulnerability is one of the highest things to seek when it comes to being, you know. Are you like, well, I'm trying to think what word you're looking for is like, it a, a fear. I think a lot of people have a fear of being vulnerable. Yeah, fear of being vulnerable. But actually, it's it's very noble to be be you know seek to come from a place where you're very vulnerable and just open to having you know being able to to fully experiencing everything and not guarded in a way that would really hinder your experience or not being you know it's it's that whole thing about uh, people being willing to let themselves be just transparent and authentic in the moment. 
and not worrying about what other people are going to think and say by just being yourself and being truly um, just available for everybody. And, and I think that's really along with that, what the humility is, what's, what's all about with this. Cause I love how he talks about courage and strength and compassion. It's just, it's so many things that you wouldn't necessarily think when somebody just says, you know, it's good to be humble. Well, you know, and, but as you're saying that, what's kind of been watching the, the show, the crown, I don't know. Do you watch that at all, Robin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just for people to know, it actually was a, a British um, miniseries that they had, and it was all about Queen Elizabeth coming to power and some of the things that she had to experience during her early reign. And it's very interesting to see all the, you know, you're getting to see it from a different perspective from like the Royal Review instead of the way it was just for the, in the public eye with people being able to see it from the, you know, the different perspective. Very well done. It won um, Emmys for Best Best show and um, some of the uh, main actors won for best performances as well. So it's a very, very good thing. So, you know, highly couldn't, couldn't recommend it highly enough to go check out The Crown. Go, so go ahead, Amy. So from that, she had to learn she became the queen very young. Her, her father died, and she was in her early 20s and really wasn't quite prepared to be queen. And it, watching the process... It shows how there are times where she has to have that image. I think she was very much an integrity. I think she was very much authentic. And she also had to to be a part. She had to play a part. And sometimes that was keeping a distance from others. And so I think that there are times that you show your vulnerability by being transparent, and there's times when you show vulnerability by not being transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, just something you know that, I'm chewing on. I don't necessarily have the answers yeah. to anything. That's part of what this is. Well, you know, and I really love up. how um, the Dalai Lama was sharing about when he was younger. He said when he first... When he first started uh, giving formal teachings, he he didn't really feel that he was prepared for that and he would experience a lot of anxiety and he said he would he said I would forget that I was talking to human beings and following human beings and he he would remind himself that I'm you know it says later whenever he has that um a sense of trying to be people trying to make him bigger than he is he just thinks of um like a bug and how bugs are just what they are and um they don't have to really worry on a, on a big level about what other, other people are going to think about them. I don't know if that's true. Like, have you seen Bugs Life? <laughs> they were all worried about each other and what they were going to do. That so takes it to a whole other level. So, that's a whole different, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think that Disney had come out with the Bugs Life yet when that whole thing came out. So it depends on your perspective. <laughs> we, we put the human factor on that, I think, so, you know, some bugs really do that, so be interesting uh, premise to put that all on, so. So, oh, anything, anything as we go through the chapter that you want to make sure that we we uh, we highlight? I'd like to kind of go, do back up a little bit and go back to that first page of Pillar Two, and they okay. they, they talk about when we meet anyone, first and foremost, we must remember that they too have the same desire to have a happy day, a happy month, a happy life, and we all have the right to achieve it. So, if you just stop, you know, and and really be with that. And say if, if people really want that, and we're all looking for that, then that kind of get, puts us on a on the same playing field. And I think that's a that's a great way to kind of start you know start the conversation. 
Yeah, but you know, I think along with that is because he's talking about when he's going to be doing a, a a speech or a talk for somebody, and he says, "Then you see, my talk may offer them something relevant, but if I consider myself something special, or if they also consider me something special and different, my experience will not be as much." So it's it's getting tainted for the fact that you know you're thinking that I'm I'm something more that I'm not. And just, I think that's always the, the wonderful thing to do is to just to tell a lot of personal stories about challenge or real, you know, revelations or realizations about things that you've learned that are just more commonplace. So people can really be able to feel connected and, uh, you know, and, and relate to things within their own lives. Um, just, you know, showing that a level of humility and in the humanism of everybody. Well, I like, like, on uh, page 206 where the Dalai Lama talks about President Bush and how they immediately became close friends on the human level, and it started with a cookie. And mm-hmm. they had met, and he asked him, well, what, what you know, what, there were different types of cookies being served, and he says, well, which one is the best? And he, act, and he said uh, he acted like a normal human being, so we became very close. So they were talking about cookies, and... I just want to come back to, you know, I used to teach a, a lot of classes on communication. And the when you take com- communication down to the bare level, the Latin root, it's to make common. And I think that's that's what we're trying to do is, is like, you know, especially when we start dating, it's like, you drink water? I drink water. You went to high school? I went to high school. So it's like, first rate, we're looking for all those common things. And then it seems mm-hmm. like over time, you start looking for what separates us whether that brings mm-hmm. us together. So I think the challenge is mm-hmm. how do you well, still stay in that place, right, of how do we make common even within our differences that may try to pull us apart. Well, and I think a cookie is a very good common ground, personally, but, you know, <laughs> that's something you know, I can I, I think pie can bring us yes. together. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, they say humility is not something that one can claim to have. It is for this reason that I think that the Archbishop was laughing about the questions even before I had finished asking them. He did not want to claim to be an expert on humility. Nevertheless, he and the Dalai Lama were saying that humility is essential to a life of joy. It's exactly this humility that allows these two men to be so approachable, so connected to others, and so effective in the work in the world that they do. I think that was a really great little paragraph about, you know, being... It's like, it's about being a human being and being able to laugh at yourself. You know, the next pillar that we're going to be talking about is humor. So I'm just kind of letting people know for next week how, how great that's going to be. So um, it's, you know, it's, that's, I think that's part of humility is, is laugh at life. Well, you know, and including the silly things that we do is really a form of really loving yourself and other people. Because if you can have that mm-hmm. laughter between you, uh, it was like, I've had some really challenging things happen in a project I'm working on. And we kind of all lost our sense of humor about things and what were happening. And we had a come to Jesus meeting today, and through it, we were able to find some things about what was going on that we could laugh about and and find a way to find that common ground again. And remembering that you know, we were working on this amazing project, but sometimes you get so wrapped up in doing this amazing work that you forget. Wait a minute, you know, there's other people here, and we have to you know make this fun and light for each other instead of just working ourselves to death. It's easy to forget that, I think. So I like where you were, where yeah. you were. I went a little bit further with that. Um, that literally the next paragraph is uh, the Dalai Lama says there's a Tibetan prayer 
which is part of mind training teaching. A Tibetan master says, whenever I see someone, I may feel superior. From the depth of my heart, I may be able to really appreciate the other person in front of me. And then he turned to the archbishop and he said, sometimes you tell me to act. And the archbishop says, like a holy man. And what I love about it, to me, you know, you think about it, they act like a professional, right? They tell us to mm-hmm. act They're like faking it until they, they make it, it right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, to, to put us into a space that, you know, maybe, you know, you, we may feel uncomfortable. Like you were saying before about um, the Dalai Lama and this whole the raising of the chair thing. We think about it when we go into organizations, right? We go, oh, my goodness, you go into court and the judge is way above, right? Mm-hmm. And so... You know, Mm -hmm. to give that, I'm in charge, I'm judging you, when you go into different offices, too, and you'll see where they have you seated is where they're trying to balance the power and who -hmm. who has more of it. So if you start noticing, you know, where is that? And it's funny, I was on a radio show yesterday, and we were talking about um, uh, what we, perspective, and, you know, that that whole balancing, and um, what came to me was, Feeding into what we're talking about now, this making common, is the NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And what you mm-hmm. do, one of the techniques with that is called mirroring. And I was like, if you're sitting, I sit. Stand, I stand. I kind of mirror your speech. And that makes you feel safe with me. That feels makes you feel comfortable. I just want to give a, um, a warning statement here. that I am not telling you to use this for evil. If you choose to use this technique, I need you to use it for good because it, it mm-hmm. helps you to, to, to feel connected with somebody, but you want to, you know, for, well, I'm praying, right, that you use it in a way that for, for positive and not just to manipulate people. But I think that's, that's mm-hmm. another way to make common when you want to, if somebody's sitting, you sit. You don't have, you don't have a big desk in between you. As a matter of fact, I was talking with a good friend of mine who does um, grief recovery um, work, and she, she runs uh, groups of people processing grief. And then an organization that she's going to be doing a many-week program um, helping people deal with their grief, um, the only room that they had available was a big boardroom that had a big table in the center. And normally she has chairs just in a circle, and there's, there's mm-hmm. no table between people. And so she said it really felt odd and they really kind of struggled with it, and they can't get another room. So I'm not sure what she's going to do about it, but that that table in between all of them has changed the dynamic of the group. Hmm. Interesting. Think about, right, you know, how to create a, a common and to feel, that it, and I think it's important, yes, that, that we're in our authentic power, that we're not, you know, using that, you know, against other people. But it's also important people feel safe when they know who's in charge and they know who, mm-hmm. who is, is the one that's, you know, it's like, you know, in your flower shop, flowers for you in Riverside, California, you know, you're mm-hmm. behind the counter when people walk in. So they know mm-hmm. you're the one they talk to for advice. Right. Right. And, and you have, but, you know, it's interesting because nine times out of 10, I, I come around the counter to go pick up a catalog or a display book or something like that. And, and uh, just kind of, you know, have people sit down and, you know, we, we kind of, you know, like we get to the same level, that kind of thing. So, you know, there's part of that whole, whole that what we're talking about, too, that that happens. So, you know. I just want to come back to working with I a bride. Mean, and when you're working right. with a bride, right, 
you have a bridal mm-hmm. room where you have brides mm-hmm. sit down, right? And you're on one side of the mm-hmm. table, they're on another, and they know that that's what's happening at that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So um, where are you going next, girl? Oh, I was going to talk about on uh, page 207, it, um, it talks about, you know, humility is not something that one can claim to have. It is for this reason that I think that the Archbishop was laughing about the questions even before they were asking them. So anyway, we were talking again about, you know, the two of them being very approachable and being able to be being connected with everything. So I'm excited because, you know, we've got about 12 minutes left and I really want to make sure that we, that one thing that's really lovely about the book of joy is if you go to the back, there's literally, I don't know, at least 30 different um, exercises that really help to cultivate a lot of these different things that they talk about. And on page uh, 330, with the pillars, each pillar has an exercise, and um, the, there's one on humility, and it's the Lojong uh, practice. And Amy's going to walk through it, and I'd love for us to talk about it a little bit once we experience it. So let's finish talking about the chapter, though, I think before before we do that. Um, I, okay. I, I, kind of posturing what humility is. So let's go to uh, 210 where they talk about the, what, what humility is. And they're saying the word humility actually comes from a Latin word for earth or soil. And humility literally brings us back down to earth, which I thought was interesting. I mean, did you know that, Robin? I did not. And I thought it was really great because we've been talking about hummus. They've got, you know, it, it, it said you know, not to be accused, uh, confused with the simple but delicious Middle East, uh, you know, chickpeas hummus. I thought that was kind of key. Darn it. <laughs> because it's spelled the same, uh, you know, in Latin, it's H-U-M-U-S. There's just a, a missing M that's on there, too. And, you know, you know, like you said, brings us back to earth. And, um, you know, it's it's really great. I, I love how, like, again, we were talking about the bugs thing where, you know, it's, it's the all too uh, human traits of pride or ego. That true arrogance really comes from insecurity. And I think it's really an, an interesting dynamic when we look at, you know, what, what's the opposites? What can happen to us? And that's one thing that the Dalai Lama talks about is that, you know, in, in not really coming from a place of humility, you can really, if you're arrogant and things like that, you can get, to, you know, depressed and have levels of anxiety and have levels of depression that really can, um, just really, uh, move in very quickly. Because it's it's a matter of you're you're automatically detaching yourself from people and like we're saying you know not not making yourself um, more transparent and vulnerable with people. So I think it's the, that's something that the practice really kind of talks about too that I think is really great. So you know it he talks about you know it seems to struggle with um with, with our kind of selves and you know one thing that I love about Amy is when she's working with the vet center um I come over periodically they have care for the caregivers and um mm-hmm. at the end of the chapter they talk about self-care and how it's so important for us to be you know genuinely loving and kind toward ourselves and that this can extend to others and you want to talk a little bit about that well um we work with um the caregivers of veterans, and it's interesting, I don't know if you know this, I didn't know this till recently, that um, 60% of uh, veteran spouses are married to veterans. So, mm-hmm. so they're very very linked together, and that caregiving goes back and forth. And working with an um, organization called Hidden Heroes, that's hiddenheroes.org, it's with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, and what, you know, they call it Hidden Heroes because these are the people taking care of others very selfishly, and that's really great. But the problem with that is if you're not doing things for yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, 
everything falls apart for everybody. So um, it's really important, and it's not about coming from a narcissistic place, you know, and knowing, it's being able to know the difference and knowing that that self-care in a balanced way. And I think it almost comes back to humility because I see a lot of people abusing the word um, self-care in order to manipulate others. So I think it's it's that balance of taking care of myself while being in the world and making sure others are taking care of themselves too and loving and nurturing mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. And one thing, on too, on page 212 that I really wanted to talk about for a couple seconds is it's, um, it says, now we should all realize the recognition of our own limitations and weaknesses can be very positive. This can be wisdom. If you realize that, that you are inadequate in some way, that you are, um, and then you develop an effort. If you think everything is fine and I'm okay just as I am, then you will not try to develop yourself further. This is, there's a Tibetan saying that says, wisdom is like rainwater. Both gather in low places. There's another saying that when the spring bloom comes, where does it start? Does it start on the hilltops or down in the valley first? Growth begins first in low places. So similarly, if you are re- if you remain humble, then there is the possibility of keep that you can keep learning. So I often tell people that although I'm 80 years old, I still consider myself a student. I thought that was really wonderful. And just that you know, wisdom is like rainwater. I like that. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. So just really helping us to cultivate joy in those low places, knowing that they're going to flower into the the other areas of our lives. So are you ready to do the practice? Okay. Yeah. So again, on page three thirty, there's the humility, the long zhong uh, practice. So let's 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 do it. So um, uh, Robin, why don't you just relax, and we'll really do that, and the rest of our listeners, it something that you can do, you know, every once in a while, maybe if you're feeling like you're, you know, maybe uh, out of sorts or that you don't feel connected to others. And so this will help us to remember our common bonds with other people. And I love how it talks about it. It helps us avoid isolation, judgment, and indifference. If you find yourself hiding behind the desk, maybe, or, or needing to be in a higher chair than somebody else, and this might be a good time to do that. So first off, let's take three nice deep breaths. So you want to breathe in, filling the stomach, filling the chest, filling your, your head rise, and then release. Now we're going to go a little bit deeper to get a nice deep breath, filling the stomach, filling the chest, taking another sip in, hold for a second and release, and then one more nice deep breath, breathing in love, breathing in healthy energy and breathing out anything that separates us from others. So now what I want you to do is reflect on all the people who are responsible for your life. Think about your parents who gave you life, your teachers who taught you, the people who grew your food and who made your clothes, the countless others who are responsible for having the life that you have each and every day. Now think of all who have discovered and created all the things we take for granted. The housing, the crops, and the medicines that keep you alive. Think of all the ancestors who have lived and survived so that you could be born. Who braved enormous hardship so that you could have the life that you do. Now think of the family and friends who give your life meaning and purpose. 
Maybe receive their love, feel that love, hold that, and kind of release that. Now I want you to, to send love to them, seeing, feeling that common love coming back and forth, back and forth. Now I want you to allow your heart to open and experience love and appreciate all those people. Experience the enormous joy and appreciation that comes from being in touch with all that has been given to you in realizing how dependent you are on others, how weak in your separateness, and yet how strong in our togetherness. Take a nice deep breath. All right, so how was that for you, Robin? Oh, it was great. You know, the 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 end of it, I thought, you know, how weak in our separateness and yet how strong we are in our togetherness. It really reminded me of just how nature teaches us, you know, constantly about, you know, the strongness of togetherness and how interdependent it is, supporting one another. And just, you know, it, it's that much more with, you know, everything being, you know, held in, in this, this place of being able to be open, experiencing love and appreciation for all that, you know, is being expressed. So what are some I feel ways humble. Maybe, <laughs> I feel humble. What are some ways maybe, you know, that, and I know at midnight you, you have a birthday and you're mm-hmm. starting a new year. So, um, and this one of the gifts I like to give myself each year is to think about what is, what is it that I'm going to bring into my life this coming year? So now we're working on this book of joy, and we're working on humility right now, and we're stepping into humor, which I know is one of your best traits and something that you bring amazingly to the planet. What is it that you want to focus on this year? Um, like I think this this whole embracing of the oneness of of you know everything you know being being part of nature more you know we we talk about that occasionally on the on the show but just really working um you know I have a a practice that I do with called flower for wisdom and really being connected to the flowers and you know with with being a florist it's really a gift for me but it's also I feel it's my calling to be you know really reminding everybody of uh, how connected we need to be um uh, Amy and I and our sisters we went to go to visit Zion this last weekend in um, Utah, and if you've never been to a national park, um, just really allow yourself to, you know, just, gosh, it's such a big gift to give yourself that kind of spaciousness to go to some of these beautiful places that we, you know, that we treasure and are protecting, um, just like ourselves, you know, it's this treasure that we need to protect and just, you know, know the value of that, be able just to bask in that beauty and say, I am that when it comes to looking at all the different things. We were blessed to see a lot of, you know, blossoming trees and wildflowers growing and just, you know, the, the joy of spring. And I think that's something that just can revitalize yourself and just in, you know, with body and spirit. And um, we even did some self-care this weekend going to a nice spa and, and just getting some care and, and laughing with one another. So it's that nurturing of each other, nurturing of ourselves and being able to just be a wellspring for other other people. Because, you know, it's that that typical, you know, as I, as I nurture myself, I can nurture another and being able to, you know, give that back out. So, so it's the, you know, giving and receiving, it's definitely something where, you know, being able to accept and also, you know, give back out again. You know, I'm so plentiful that I can I can have it be something that I can give to others. So that's really just kind of what I want to 
have going out in the world and, and just kind of being messaging and stuff like that, doing some more blogging and things like that in a way of being able to express that out for people and, and just having the great conversation for people to be, you know, seeing where everybody is with that. And I think that's a great gift. It's going to be fun to watch where we both end up at the end of this process. I like Yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, uh, really encourage everybody to be checking out the different practices that are in the back of the book. Um, next week, we're going to be doing humor, which is called laughter. Joking is much better. So, you know, working, working with that as a dynamic of um, being with other people, not taking ourselves too uh, seriously, as well as, you know, being able to be in a place of embracing people where they are and having it being something light and fun. So I think that's going to be a great conversation. So, well, Miss Amy, as always, thank you so much. You help me to be humble and, and grateful each and every well, time I get, it, get the honor of getting to spend some time with you. It's a great ride and uh, have a happy birthday, my sister, my friend. Well, thank you. And I want to thank our international audience. Thank you for all your, your comments, suggestions. We really appreciate them. And, you know, as always, we want to encourage everybody to go to the transformation-cafe.com for our, our regular show. And, you know, thank you for joining um, with your app with the podcast, you know, whether it be on iHeart or iTunes and um, all the other great applications that are out there for being, being able to do podcasts. So we look forward to seeing you next time here at the cafe. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Transformation Cafe podcast. To learn more, visit transformation-cafe.com for show notes, guest information, and links to previous shows. You can also subscribe to the Transformation Cafe podcast on iTunes. Join us again next time at the Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul.